The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. This is it, the final weekend of the regular season in Major League Baseball. Todd and I will get you set for the last weekend of Major League Baseball action here on the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast, sponsored by So Rare. I'm Clay Link here with FSWA Hall of Famer Todd Zola. No two-star pitchers to grade, of course. Short week next week, and we had our final two-star pitcher podcast last week, but we'll talk about some pickups. Also thought we'd go through the uh, Rotowire earned auction values and just tentatively say whether we'll be in or out at their draft cost next year. You don't have to uh, stick by it, Todd. It's because you say that you're not going to be in on a guy on the September 30th pod doesn't mean that you can't draft him next year. But how are you doing today on this Friday afternoon? I'm doing well. And we were talking a little off air. I'm going to be putting my money where my mouth is in less than a week. We've got a draft <laughs> with, with Derek, with Derek Van Riper, the premature ejaculation league. It's no longer the first official NFBC. Rob DiPietro has started a real draft champions league. But we should be the first to finish. It's a satellite league with 30, 30 roster spots and fab. DVR and I, knock on wood, are currently in the driver's seat. But we've already picked. And we're going to have the number four, the number four pick. Uh, and I think the draft starts Monday. So That's we'll awesome. And you guys are in first place in that league, right? So you're going to be trying to secure the title. Yeah. Starting up the Hopefully knock on wood. <laughs> yeah. I don't mean this to time. No, exactly. Yeah. I mean, and it, it, there's still a pathway to not win. Um, this time next week, we hope to have Derek on and you can be congratulating the champions. Now the name of the team is the athletic and the non-athletic. And I hope mm-hmm. you can figure out which one is which. <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah dv and i dvr and i have been doing this for several years now and we haven't i don't want to say we cracked the code but we haven't won or placed yet so this is gonna be a fun year and you know spoiler alert we're gonna do it knock on wood with one point in saves not by design yeah you were telling me that last week you guys have what four saves as a team and yeah That's yeah amazing. yeah and it can be done can be done. We're around 100 and we're fluctuating between 120 and 123 points. 
Now those NFBC, you know, veterans know, I mean, you can win your league with anywhere from 115 to 135, right? I mean, it's, that's a, it's going to be that range. However, to compete for the overall, you know, isn't it minimum 130, you would think? Yeah, you're never going to compete for the overall with that approach. But actually, you, you mentioned, too, that you didn't actually go into your draft looking to punt saves. Yeah, we'll talk. I mean, knock on wood, we'll, we'll talk about that. Yeah. I mean, it's just kind of amazing that, you know, you didn't, like, bully the other categories necessarily out of. Well, we gonna kind of the, did. The category. We, we didn't. We, what, we, what we did was we drafted speculative closers late. Okay. So we did yeah. kind of bully them, but. We had thought we would be supplementing saves, you know, with Devin Williams and mm-hmm. I don't know Tyler Wells. I'm trying to remember off the top of my head. Um, we thought we would be picking up closers, being in the reserves, and then early in the early in the fab, just because you know the draft is done by mid-November, right? So there's a lot of emerging closers. Yeah, it's not a this is not a draft champions. Or no, it is no, a draft this oh, is, it no, is. this this is fab. This oh, is, I this see. Is, so you a, actually took a bunch of specs. I feel yeah, a right, few yeah, specs but, that didn't pan out. Right, right, right. Hmm. So, um, but you know, you hit on a couple other picks here and there, and uh, we'll see if how many of them come up in the top twenty. Well, good luck to you and Derek, and good luck to everybody out there trying to yeah. secure some titles. I got a few up for grabs. Got my hometown league head to head finals right now. It's always nerve wracking, and yeah. Uh, Trying to secure my fourth Sirius XM Dynasty League championship in five years. So that's that's what you dream about when you get into a Dynasty League. That's, that's a, a Dynasty. True, that's yeah. a true Dynasty if I'm able to get four in five years. That'd be cool. But yeah, good luck to everybody. It is, I think, although I haven't seen the Mets lineup, it is Francisco Alvarez Day, isn't it, Todd? Yeah. It's kind right. of amazing. We don't usually see this, but the division's still up for grabs. They're playing the Mets, or they're playing the uh, Braves. So why not just throw all your chips on the table? I, I kind of like it. Let's see. He is a uh, he is DHing tonight, Francisco. Yeah, that was well, yeah. The, you know, spoiler alert. If you listen to Eric Halterman and I tomorrow on MLB Network Radio, you may hear a similar discussion to what Clay and I are about to. Or I assume what we're about to embark on here, and that is well, he's being plugged in at DH. That's understandable. Uh, I know. The Mets offense behind the plate with DeGrom, uh, De, uh, getting ahead McCann and Nito hasn't been so Nito. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, it's been McCann not, right? I know okay. you're, not, you're not working with Erickson. I, I got you. But yeah, I know. The point being, um, I would be a risk. And, and we should mention Alvarez is playoff eligible due to the loopholes about injuries. And that's oh, is he? Yeah. Oh. He's playoff eligible. So, I mean, but you wouldn't think you'd, I mean, with DeGrom and Scherzer and Chris Bassett, man, you wouldn't want them throwing to a 20-year-old rookie, right? I wouldn't think anyway. I know you're giving up offense with, with McCann in there and Nito, but I would think that you want that comfort level. However, if the, if the, if the idea is to find a right-handed DH because Darren Ruff has been terrible. Oh, right. he's been awful. Right. I can't believe the uh... – like they brought him in for what four players, and he's just been a sinkhole for them. So. Right, and yeah. the Mets. Yeah, you can tell I do a little bit of matchup analysis. The Mets um, don't crush lefties. You know, they're woba, et cetera. It's actually kind of low, 
but they don't strike out against him either. So Ruff was supposed to be like that one power bat among the guys that go on base, but he, it just never came to fruition. So the, I guess they're hoping that Alvarez provides that uh, lightning in a ball. Now, one, one downside of Alvarez getting some at-bats at DH is that's probably going to make him DHL or UT eligible, UT only eligible mm. in 2023 leagues. Yeah, I, I hadn't thought about that. But that's well, I mean, probably, probably because probably because you get better things to think about. <clears throat> well, he, you're trying you're trying to win leagues, not necessarily. But <laughs> trying- I, I get what you're saying. That's because yeah. he probably won't, he won't get to 20 anywhere, obviously, and so yeah, it, it'll now, get, end up to whether he plays more games at DH or catcher. But if he's going to catch. If he is going to catch, he'll you know he'll have eligibility within ten days. But but you know these are the kind of things that my silly mind thinks about because that's just what he gets paid to do. But anyway, I love it. Well, yeah, Francisco Alvarez. I know James is kind of lower on him. He actually has him. I was looking it up earlier before the show. I think he has him forty fourth. Let me double check. Well, yeah, forty fourth on his prospect list. But he's as high as like top five on on some publications. Lists. Well, those the, the publications are probably less fantasy oriented. Yeah, that's important to point out. And this is gonna you know kind of gonna give a, a nice plug for James's current piece on the site. Um, you know, I think that you have to downgrade catchers. As, you know, twenty year old catcher, how high can you rank him right away? Mm-hmm. You know, I mean that's so much of it. They take a little while. Having said that. James, uh, I should get the exact title. I think it's Catcher Renaissance. Yeah, Catcher Renaissance. Uh, you know, we, I, you know, I've, I've talked about it. I think we've talked about it together. And I've actually t- asked James about it on X, on, on Sirius early in the season because I kind of noticed it. I think there's, you know, there, there's the catcher pool is going to be fun. And this is what James' piece is about, is that there's some exciting youngsters coming up at the position. Yeah, and he's been talking about that renaissance coming for like a couple of years now. So yeah, right. He hit the nail on the head, and Adley Rutschman's, you know, at least from a real life perspective, is just already a superstar. Maybe not a fantasy superstar yet, but the, the kid is uh, incredible. And I'll tell you now, he's fueled that turnaround. In and um, yeah, it's. It, I mean, it's it's. It looks coincidental, but I think there's a little cause and effect. I'll bet you he's overpriced next year for me. I could see that. So, so we got our first uh, tentative out on uh, <laughs> you on Adley Rutschman. But yeah, Francisco Alvarez, 112 games between double A AA and triple A this year, 260, 347, or sorry, 374, 511 with 27 homers. So yeah, it's a big jump and he's only 20 years old, but I did pick him up in the stake league. Uh, who knows? I mean, they, they're looking to catch lightning in a bottle and. That'd be nice for my uh, other catcher spot over these last few days. That's how it works out. But, uh, yeah, we'll see about Francisco Alvarez. Other pickups from the stake league last night, Brock Burke for two, Yandy Diaz for one. He's been banged up, but he's had a really nice year. So this week starts on Friday and and runs to the end. I'm going to bet we're going to hear more relievers than normal, right, because of the starters next week only going three days? Yeah, there were, there were a fair amount of relievers picked up here. Uh, Johan, well, Johan Oviedo is a starter, and he's been pretty impressive. Actually. He's been an opener that's been stretched out a little bit. Yeah. Uh, Dylan Floro, uh, Connor Capel. Is he playing in, out in Oakland? I missed that. Uh, Tyler Glass now is back. He was picked up by, by Aaron Quinn. Miguel Andujar. 
Pittsburgh, right? Finally getting his chance in Pittsburgh. Yeah. Yankees fans have been waiting to trade him for <laughs> for the club to Yeah, they well, they wanted to trade him for Brian Reynolds, but that's Yeah, it. they thought they were gonna get a huge piece back. So Yankees fans can no longer in their uh prospective trade deals dangle uh Miguel Andujar, but he was picked up Davis Martin, Dylan Moore, Sean Bouchard. Although you mentioned that Colorado's not at home anymore. Nope. Uh, Manuel Rodriguez looks like he's kind of slipped in and that Cubs back in situations kind of been all over the place, but Manuel Rodriguez, I know has gotten a couple saves lately for the Cubs. Uh, Rob ref Snyder, Bryce elder has been fantastic, but I'm not quite sure if he's getting another start this year. Let me see. Um, I guess they could always, how do have, we have Bryce elder set for Monday against, uh, yeah, Miami, it's so. it's going to depend, you know. They're they're still battling for first place. Yeah. So well, Elder I mean, just threw a f- complete game. Right. Shutout. Uh, yeah. A shutout, not a complete game. Shutout, I should say. I know you're a stickler <laughs> for the details. So don't Words worry. mean things. I know. Yes, but um, yeah. Let me just look back here. Uh, Bryce Elder, Rugnet Odor, Ken Waldachuk, Zach Plesac. Matt Barnes, Josh Winder. So, uh, so actually, there are more starters that are scheduled early in the week than there are, you know, dominant relievers trying to get lucky. Although, you know what? In your week, it's a full week. Essentially, yeah. So, yeah. So, what am I saying? Uh, let's go back and no, edit, that, I, edit that out. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, it's fine. I know what you were. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, that this was, is a yeah. very different league in that it's yeah, no, just a different lineup period. Yeah, right thought, wrong neighborhood. This is what you should be doing in the NFBC neck on, on Sunday, is uh, you know, is getting the relievers. In this league, it's really not as important because you're getting essentially a full week's worth of uh, of games. Absolutely. By the way, in my NL league where I have that head to head championship, I uh, picked up Brian De La Cruz. He's been swinging it pretty well. I'm surprised he was even available. Yeah, well, this is um, it's an NL league, but kind of like shorter lineups. We only okay, 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 okay. Um, yeah, when I was sorting by arena the last thirty days or whatever, he was like a top, yep, thirty player. So I was happy to grab him. Hopefully, yep, uh, win a little money there. Uh, before we move on to our next little thing here, uh, we'll pause briefly for a word from our Blue Wire sponsors. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's U-N-I-F-Y-D healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, we are back on the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Clay Link here with Todd Zola. Thanks everybody for being with us throughout the uh, the year. It's been a fun season, and uh, we're going to try to finish strong. But I thought we'd you know take a look at our earned auction values. The thing is, though, I did change the percent spent on batters to only sixty percent here. I know Chris lists used to argue that it should be 50-50 for hitters and pitchers. Well, I think I think he may have picked that up for me, who I picked it up from Peter Kreutzer. But mm-hmm. yes, uh in for in real, I mean that's cuz they cuz even though there's different number of players contributing to the category, the points are 50-50. Mm-hmm. Um if I, you know, if you can still change it, what I would do is make it 62-38 mm-hmm. cuz that's okay, what I'll, the NFL put in 62 then. And the reason being that's what the NFBC does. And that makes a lot of sense to me because if 14 out of 23 is about 62, 63, right? Well, that's, I mean, when, you know, when, when the, you know, when the embryonic Zola was into the value formula, that's what I did. And it made sense. And I'm convinced everybody has their own narrative, their own story. I'm pretty sure. And right now it's any, it's normally between 67 and 69. I'm convinced when the first people started to do values, they did 14 divided by nine. And then over time, it was just understood or realized that hitting was more stable, more predictable, less variable than pitching. Mm. So over time, it became just let's pay more for a little bit more predictable category. And it's edged up to 69, 31, uh, the tout wars in the labor leagues, AL and NL are almost always in that way. And the, in the, the mixed, uh, mixed auctions, uh, that's just where it is. However, if you look at the NFBC and I know, you know, whatever, there's a thousand NFBC leagues and a million non NFBC leagues. Anyway, that's, I don't think our listener ratio is the same. However, even if, if you convert the drafts to 
auction values by taking historical auction values and laying them out in the in the snake form, the the split is around sixty two thirty eight, as is the split in the NFPC auctions. Hmm. So I think because our audience isn't all NFPC, but I think that though you know I think there's a good portion of it. And I mean, top 20, I mean, we're just, this is just a way to talk about some players. Um, yeah, exactly. Jumping but, off point. But I do think if we do have the, the, the foundation of this, you know, because what do we compare most things to the NFPC ADP, right? Cool. So it, it kind of makes it an apples to apples comparison. Yeah. And I know Liss's thing used to be that, well, you know, there's five pitching categories, five hitting categories. That's why the earn should be 50, 50, but and I get where he's coming from. You know, it's well, it's, it's want to value pitchers like that because maybe you don't feel there is that difference in uh, bankability, if you will, between the hitters and pitchers. Then maybe you do do. Yeah, and, but then then the argument is, uh, and I've talked. I mean, I've talked to Chris on the radio and podcast, and I think with you as well. If you, uh, I'm thinking Kershaw and Trout because that's been when back when Chris and I were talking about it. If you do 50-50, Trout was like a $33 player and Kershaw was like a $57 player. Yeah. You know, no one skew gonna... things massively to yeah. pitching when you do that. Obviously. But it, it does it does give a tangible and logical reason for drafting pitching early. Yeah. You know, if if you do 62-38 and Garrett Cole or Kerbin Bournes comes out at number eight overall. They're probably number one or two overall at 50-50. Now you just have hmm. to, what is the risk, right? Um, and is oh. is is there more risk in a Trey Turner or in a Corbin Burns? What if I had said, is there more risk in a Juan Soto? <laughs> Previous to this year, you wouldn't have thought there was much risk in Juan Soto. So there are risks in the hitters too, you know? Absolutely. I still think... Pitchers may be inherently riskier slightly, but maybe not. I don't know. It's Hitters definitely carry their share of uh, performance and injury risks. Now, well, the other thing, I mean, the thing too is how to explain this properly. Even though, air quote, the proper way is 50-50, uh, a 200-inning pitcher still has a disproportionate effect on a pitching staff as compared to a – 680 plate appearance hitter hmm. so the the actual influence on the on the how the pitching staff does the pitcher has more so uh, yeah yeah because yeah. yeah, yeah. so, when Degrom's rolling he just yeah. nobody impacts the standings like he does every start like right i mean and, and that's why he's gonna finish so high with 100 well now I mean, 150 innings. 150 is the old 180. You know, I mean, true. You know, when when Blake Snell won the side with 180, it's like, ah, he's going to get some guys with 200. Shohei Otani may win the side with 150, 160, just because there isn't anybody close. You know, there isn't anybody with 190 innings that is close enough that you know, but you know, not quite as good that you can say, well, he deserves it because he has 200, 190 innings. Yeah, that was well put. I totally see where you're coming from. Well, so I did adjust. Well, we should the, just uh... stop now. Then I mean, let's just call this a podcast. <laughs> oh no, we yeah, still we have another. Uh, we still have a Sarari read to go. So let's keep going. 
Yeah, we uh we won't call it 20 minutes. We'll go keep going a little bit longer. But yeah, I did change the input for the earned auction value. You yeah. can just type in earned auction values rotowire into Google and find it easily, or you could navigate the site and find it. I did change it to 62 just to give us you know a little bit more balanced idea of uh, more like just to keep the uh pictures kind of in check here a little bit. But um Aaron Judge, as you might expect, is the number one. And the gap between him and number two is... It's silly. What, $18? It's ridiculous. I mean, right, yeah. Aaron Judge, 54, then Goldschmidt. I mean, and it's 46. not it's not the 61. Well, it is 61 homers. It's the steals. Yeah, 16 bags. And the 320 average. Yeah. I mean, now, you know, I talked about the draft... And that Derek and I, what happened? You say Derek and DVR at the same time, you get like David, uh, that Derek and I are doing in a couple of days. We have the fourth pick. I kind of hope Judge is gone. Hmm. Uh, you know, because I think you have to make the call. There is a lot of, I mean, the Rick Wolf, Glenn Colton smart plan could be a factor because he could be on a new team. Very well could, although he was wearing that uh, New York or Nowhere hoodie. Yeah, he did. Um, If he goes to the Giants as a hypothetical, um, forget about the deep left field. He's used to that. Opposite field power, he may end up with 32 triples. But, um, you know, the off-field power is not going to be the same. So the whole big contract, new team, you could add a park factor in with, with the Giants. So... I think I think Judge, and then there is Judge did Judge bet on himself, right? That's the uh, that's like everybody likes to say that, but mm-hmm. he bet he bet uh, bet on his health. He didn't bet on his talent. I don't think anybody expected to challenge the uh, the AL home run record, but everybody knows a healthy Judge is going to hit fifty homers. He is a nasty. Nasty individual, and I, I love Judge, but I'm kind of with you. I mean, right? I mean, four I may take him, but I, I'm reluctant generally to go chasing these types. I was gonna say, where I mean, we're gonna come up with some names, but you know, I mean, on, on you know, when we if, we if we have to post the top 350 tomorrow, where do you think you'll have Judge? Is he top five? I think he's probably either right there, or right outside of it. Yeah, I, I think hear my it. cheat sheet, he was like. You know, six or seven. Here, here's the question I asked uh, Eric um, tomorrow. Well, asked him a couple hours ago for tomorrow. If I were to tell you Judge is going to get 155 games this year, if I told you that right before the NFBC main event, I didn't tell you how he's going to do, but he's going to play 155 games. Where would you have ranked him? Mm, probably early second round. Like right. it's a, yeah, it's right around what yeah. Eric said in the Freddie Freeman. You know, the high power but no steals territory. So we're talking about a guy that we, if we knew he was healthy, would be, you know, a $30 player, right? That's around where that is. Mm-hmm. What is he, 60? 54. All right. So year. it's almost double. Yeah. You know, how can I mean, you? It's just a crazy how yeah. head and shoulders yeah. he's been above everybody else. All right. So let's, uh, enough, enough judge speak. But though the thing is, though, you said, you know, he's in that Freddie tier with, you know, power, no speed. But do we have to, you know, project him for 10 bags next year? Are you going to dial him back to... Well, that's what he was coming into the season. You thought he was a double-digit steel guy? No, no, no. We, we, we Coming into the season, we didn't think he was an 18 steel guy. Um, I think, well, yeah, no. I, mean, I, think, I think 10 is probably the right number. 
for next year. So tentatively, it sounds like you are out on Judge at what you expect his cost to be next year. I'm going to say the same, but uh, maybe I, I feel like I'm a little bit more inclined to, to go chasing than you there's are. Mo- there's so much more that can go wrong that can go right. Now, is that a problem with my gameplay? Hmm. Right? I think one could argue that that's a too conservative of an approach. You should, you should be drafting what can go right, not avoiding what can go wrong. So I think that's something I need to think about. So behind Judge at 54, we got a grouping here, guys, in the uh, you know 36 to 31 range. Goldschmidt is number two at 36, possibly the NL MVP, although that race has gotten kind of tighter lately. Is, uh, is Goldschmidt your NL MVP? Honestly, have not really looked that closely. Yeah. I have looked at the Judge Otani because I, I wrote about it in the Todd's Takes. And I think there are some other factors involved that make that a more interesting conversation. I have not looked at the, because I'll come out right out and say it. I think it's most outstanding player. I think that, so I'm looking for the player who had the best season. And I, I, you know, I don't know. There are a lot of very, very good seasons in the NL. Nothing is standing out head and tails above the rest. So I would have mm-hmm. to take a little, and I'm not, I'm not going to look at Woba and war. I mean, I, I, you know, for reasons I explained in the, in the, in the piece. Uh, but uh, yeah, I think he's definitely in the conversation. Yeah. Like um, Machado and uh, well, Arenado. His teammate Arenado. Yeah. And uh, who am I? Alonzo, I guess right there too. So uh, yeah, it's just gotten kind of closer. I, you know, I uh, don't have a vote for the, <laughs> so it won't really matter what I think, but uh, yeah, Goldschmidt's right there. But then Verlander, actually, for Goldschmidt, I'm going to say I'm going to be out probably. I just, it's been a great year, but he's kind of fizzled. A little bit. Right. And I mean, the whatever old injury veteran, not injury, but old veteran discount he's been getting to this point, that's gone. Yeah, that's gone now. Totally. And yeah, this was so- the year to invest. Right. This was exactly. the window. Yeah. 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 And just so are you gonna say out tentatively? Yes. I'm yeah, I'm, okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna say out on, on gold at the price. Yeah. Yeah. And I sure. have a feeling I know which way you're gonna go on this one. Uh Justin Verlander. I mean, what a crazy story it's been for him. Doing something that nobody's ever done at his age coming back from uh Tommy John. So I'm gonna say out, and I think I I assume you're gonna be out yeah, too. Yeah. Yeah, the word the word I used with Eric tomorrow is is unicorn. Yeah, I mean people season. people thought he because he's Verlander he would be okay. If you thought he would be doing this, you're just you just you know your your nose is, yeah your nose is growing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I don't think you can kick yourself for for being concerned. And I don't think you know I mean maybe some people are too concerned, but good lord, this is a unicorn season. Yeah, and I mean, at his age, I just cannot see myself going back to that well. I mean, just like Goldschmidt, this was the year to buy the dip, and now that, that dip is gone. So yeah. the uh, profit margin thins out. Then Pete Alonzo, he's uh, up to 40 homers now, 131 RBI. Something about Pete Alonzo, I don't know, man. I just, he's not my favorite player, but he is a great player. 
I could actually see myself maybe taking Pete early second round next year. Yeah, I am. I'm warming to him, but because of the season that he had, everybody's going to raise him up a little bit, mm-hmm. right? So does you don't that... think he's a first rounder, though? Do you? No, I don't. No. Um, I think the 131 RBI, which is helping him on this on this pool on this uh, on these rankings. Is, right. yeah, it, you know, he's clutch. Now, I haven't checked yet, but I, you know, when I do a profile on him or whatever, I can almost promise that his batting average is runners in scoring position is 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 high, and it's not because he's clutch. It's because that's you know, there's 700 players in baseball. A few of them are gonna get lucky with men on base and drive and run. Remember, if, you know, I'm dating myself here. When Delman Young had like 120 RBI with 15 homers, it mm-hmm. happens. And who was it last year? Adam Duvall. So, yeah, um, the National League. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, very good. But the 131 RBI, you know, take 20, take 20 RBI away. And where is he on the rankings? Good point. He is just so steady, though. And that's yeah, yeah. one thing I've grown to like about him. May not like his like personality on the field, but. Uh, man, just in terms of bank stats, it just it feels so safe at this point. And yep. So yeah, I could. I'm actually going to have my first in here because I could see him as a building block piece early second round. You know um, what? I'm going to say in too because I think there's going to be the 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 narrative that you need to draft steals because there's more people more going to more people going to steals next year. And while mm-hmm. I agree with it, um, I'm willing to. Uh, take the dip on players who don't run. And I think Alonzo will fall into that category. Yeah. Especially in main events and other NFBC leagues, steals and starters are going to get pushed up. So yeah, even after a great year, Alonzo probably will uh, slip a little further than he should. I think a uh, Freddie Freeman is five on the list. $32 player this year. That's, you know, I love Rick Wolf and Glenn Colton, but here's a counterpoint example to their wow. uh, big, Big pay in new places theory. Yeah, but it's one of those things if there's 10 players, um, you know, three or four of them will have good years, but six or seven won't. So you're just trying to be on the side of the of the probability that they won't. And that's, you know, so, you know, for every Frederick Freeman, there's at least one player that that, that suffers. At least that's what they're, that's what the smart um, approach smart assumes. System. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm not sure that I agree with it. I need to do a little bit of work. But um, yeah, but exactly. But you know, um, Freeman at fifth. I mean, if we had him eighth, ninth, or tenth coming into the year, fifth isn't that much of a jump, right? Uh, what is he coming up? A little, just maybe. I think he's just a little bit higher across the board than we expected. So if skills, again, you know, bringing in lists here, if uh, you know, we talk about uh, projections being arranged skills are arranged and if he's just playing at the 75th or 80th percentile of his skills i think that's what we're seeing he only has 20 homers yeah that's what's amazing to me is that he's got this placement here with 20 homers i mean he's batting 327 113 runs scored he's like alonzo he's just so bankable at this point and yeah thirteen skills. The, how the skills are going to translate over a Certain, uh, you know, yeah, 550 right. plus. Yeah. So, my narrative isn't right. 13 steals, uh, is helping him a lot. So, yeah, no, he, you know what, I'm out. 
because the be one, out. yeah, just because the batting average you can't count on in the steals. So, and you know, the power is kind of flexible. No, I am because the because the field is going to be even higher on Freeman. I've been always in on Freeman, but I think he now be he used to be a wheel guy. I think he's a ten or eleven guy now, and that's you know yeah. I, I still like him at the wheel. Interesting. I think I'm going to say in just because I like with Alonzo, I could see him getting pushed down for speed yeah. and for starters. So he's got 13 um, steals. Yeah, I know. It's that's pretty crazy. Like you said, you can't really bank on those, but I, even so, you dial him back to five, you take 20 points off his average. It's just such a nice second round pick. So. Oh, yeah. No, there's definite. Um, if I can get him well, in the second, I'm going to say. I think he's going early in the second. I think he's top yeah. 10. Yeah. I, I, think, I don't know, maybe. Yeah, yeah. I just, well, we'll I see. guess, um, so many years he just has never gotten up into that that echelon. But maybe mm-hmm. this year will be the year. And then his teammate Trey Turner also has twenty homers, even, but twenty six bags. I think I'm always going to be in on Trey Turner. Yeah, I, uh, I first it, probably. Yeah, he's year. still my number one guy. He's still yeah. he's still first overall for me. I mean, that's the thing. He'll always be in this bracket because he runs so much. It's just, yeah. And we know the hit tool, and he's always on the field. Six hundred and twenty-nine at bats already this year. Yep, the most of anybody we've talked about. Uh, Jose Ramirez, you know, he's two seventy-four, twenty-eight, and eighteen. I'm gonna say in because, like with Turner, it's just steals are gonna prop him up, and it feels like he has kind of hit the skids a little bit. Let me double check, but. Uh, I just don't see Jose Ramirez being a bad pick next year. No, I mean, he, he could be number two. Mm-hmm. He was kind of number two this year. I don't know how the third base position is going to flesh out as far as all that goes. But, yeah, I mean, he, he could be he could be number two. He's stolen three bases since the 17th, so uh, hasn't the power's been down a little bit. But, I mean, I'll bet somebody out there kind of almost exactly nailed his projection because doesn't that look like exactly what you expected? Yeah, totally. And uh, <laughs> but, all right, maybe a few more RBI and a few less runs, or maybe no, the runs are about right. Um, but yeah, you know, again, he, he may be propping up the RBI a bit, but yeah, no, that's that's yeah, that, it's yeah. amazing that Cleveland has surged without him really being on top of his game. And I want to give just a public apology to Stephen Kwan. I was kind of a doubter, just I didn't know if he'd have <laughs> the category juice, but man, he's been he's been awesome. So I just want to. Well, you weren't the hit, only one. My cap to uh, Stephen Kwan. You weren't the only one. I tweeted. I mean, out. his fantasy roto impact was kind of marginal early on, but such a good uh, contact hitter. Yeah, I mean, I took a little bit of heat within the first couple of weeks of the season. Tweeted out something like, "At this pace, Kwan's going to hit thirty. You know, going to have a 30-30 season." Then in parentheses, I had thirty runs and thirty RBI. Yeah, so, that's you know, kind so of I, 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 Yeah, well, he I mean, it was just more of a tongue in cheek. Well, he's he's got right now eighty seven runs and he's got fifty RBI. You know what? That's pretty good. That is above replacement level. He's hitting three hundred two. He's got nineteen steals. Um, so he is very well above replacement level. So if you're able to make up for the lack of power, he has been an asset and really not like a, a not like a joke. Yeah, he wasn't really running at all early on. Then he just start, decided to start running. That intent that we talk about is so important. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, for Jose Ramirez, since the start of August, only has a 734 OPS, 250 average, 
335 on base, 399 slug. He's been caught uh, three times against four successful steals. So uh, maybe I do worry a little bit about speed waning a little bit as he gets older. But yeah, but if that were five and two, would you even worry about it? No. Right. So who knows plus, what... he's had uh, you know far worse two month stretches in the past. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. In the end, so I'm not. I'm going to say in on Ramirez. Uh, Sandy Alcantara, I think you said last week that you're going to be out on him. So you kind of previewed this segment. You just, uh, there's not enough K's on a per inning basis. I think is, is your, uh, they're picking here. up, they are picking up and he makes up for it volume wise. So I just think that it's more about, I mean, the field already loved him. They're going to love him even more. Um, and how many, how many, seasons in a row is he going to have this well he can't have that many because of 2020 but there's this you know 197 he's at that point and and zach wheeler was the guy i use as an example and you know coming into this year he had whatever it was four years of 200 plus innings in a row or something like that when you prorate 2020 and I went back in history over the past, well, it's, I guess 20 years is history. Went back over the past 20 years, and like nobody repeated that level. So even though, you know, I tweeted, I, I kind of had a Twitter poll. I said, even though, you know, there's no reason to discount Wheeler other than no one else has been able to put up another 200 inning season after the stretch that he's had, where do you project Wheeler? And where did he end up? In the 150 range. So historically, Alcantara should end up with fewer than 200 innings next year, but there's no reason to project it. That's it's just one of the weird. Yeah, wasn't he over 200 last year too? Yeah, 205. Yeah, and in 2019 he had 197. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, so yeah, you, in 2020 are. you can't really, you know, it's the pandemic year. Yeah. So, but the point being, history, history is again. But like I'm saying. I don't care about history. I'm projecting the man. Uh, but there's a reason why no one's done it either. You know, I would have said yeah. the same about Wheeler. So the entirety um, of history well, right, the past is a lot years. greater than one man's individual. Track. Yeah. So I mean, does that mean that I'm gonna have him at 190 and everybody else has 215 and therefore I don't get him? Yeah, probably. But uh, I don't I can I can look up the strikeouts over the second half. My 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 gut has been that he's been over a batter an inning since the all-star break, which, you know, portends well towards next year, 88 and 90 innings. So it's oh. close. And I know we should be looking at percentages, but, you know, as a rough, uh, quickly, quick look, he's about a batter an inning since the all-star break. And that's an improvement for him. Yeah. So yeah it's like, yeah. do you want to spend a, you know, first, early second on a guy who averages only a strikeout per inning? I, I get your reservations there. Certainly do on Sandy's. Hasn't he thrown like five complete games? Yeah, he's silly. He's silly. And I'm not worried about his arm breaking. It's a little a little early to do the uh, Roy Halladay comparisons, but Halladay was a first round pitcher without a strong strikeout rate, uh, just because of the volume. Mm -hmm. Of course, at the time the volume was 240, 250 innings. Right now, Alcantara probably end up in the mid 220s if he has another start. But um, which is just silly compared to what everybody else is doing. But um, yeah, based upon the field, and it's not even an anti Alcantara thing. I mean, it's just based upon the field. I think the field's going to have him too high. 
Same. I'm going to say out as well on Sandy next year. Uh, another window of opportunity that's closed, but as some close, many others will be open. Yep. Um, real quick, got to pause, take care of a little piece of business. Hope you'll bear with me. Then we'll power through the uh, next oh, 13 or so to get to the top 20 here on the Rotowire earned auction values list. So rare MLB is an NFT based free to play baseball game played with officially licensed major league baseball cards. Sign up today at so rare.com slash MLB and you'll receive 13 common cards to start your collection. Build seven player lineups from cards in your collection and play weekly competitions with scoring based on real life player performance, compete for rewards with other fans around the world for more information on gameplay and to sign up, visit SoRare.com slash MLB. There's no better time to join SoRare than ahead of our postseason gameplay. So we talked about uh, Sandy, then Machado. Nine bags. Uh, man, I I think like with Freeman and with Alonzo, I'm going to say in because if I can get Machado in the second round, yeah, I don't think you have to go for a home run in the second round. I, I like him as just one of those doubles in the second round that's just going to keep you on pace. Yeah, I mean, well, I'll, I'll slow, you know, shorten up my responses so we can get through them all. Um, yeah, I, I, you know, my question though is, is he's already kind of a second rounder? Is he going to go up, or is he going to? I mean, right now you have him in the middle of the first round. So is that going to? And he's yeah. kind of re, he's repeating. I don't see him going that that spot next year yeah okay well if that's the case if you think and he's basically doing exactly what he's supposed to be doing mm-hmm. um yeah i mean it just if i was i've already in it just sort of cements being in oh well put i like that and then julio urias he's really developed into the ace of the dodgers he'll probably get the ball for game one of the nlds don't you think or maybe they'll give it to kershaw just out of respect i don't know but i think urias is kind of deserves that game one not in the NLDS. We'll see. But uh, I'm going to say out just because, you know, only 170 innings, and those ratios are just so good that I don't think you can expect anything close to those next year. Yeah, I should only have, 162 Ks this year. Yeah, I should have I should have been prepared in, uh, in Google to get the, the, the affected stats for Urias before we did it. But, yeah, no, I, I suspect – Is going to be a. I'm going to be out. Then Frankie Lindor, what a great uh, buying opportunity on him this year. He's been a $28 player. So where are we now on this? Four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, uh, number 10, round out the top 10, Julio Urias. And Lindor is 11. So, um, hmm. so many good uh, middle infielders, but I actually think. Yeah, I love seeing Frankie get back to being Frankie. And I think I'm going to be in because I, I don't see him getting pushed up into the first round after his struggles last season. So I, I think, you know, if he's in the second there too, he's going to be another fine building block piece. You know, it's, you know, I'm looking at the numbers and I'm looking at them and I'm saying, you know, that's what I expected from Lindor, but we have him in the number 11. And that, what it means is, the, the 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 drop in offense around the league 
has made these numbers to be, you know, higher earnings. Yeah. And yet he didn't incur the same, a relative drop, you know, we, I didn't anticipate the drop in offense. So anyway, if you drop him to 22 homers and whatever, you know, 12 steel, whatever it might be, um, he drops too, but he, you know, so basically he got better. Um, you know, I'm more, I am more in than I was on Lindor, but I wonder where the crowd's going to be, especially because his thing used to be volume and it's back to being volume again because the Mets are competing. He's going to end up near that 160 game range again after falling short for a couple of the past two or three years. It used to be very good skills. So much for me not going too much in depth. Very good skills over a ton of games made him a first rounder. I think you know we're back to that this year. Yeah, I just think maybe the recency bias of the 2021 will maybe weigh him down a little bit still, but uh, maybe not. Maybe the community will jump back in with both feet on well, the door. You know, Glenn and Rick will say it's the second year in a new home. Mm-hmm. This is this is you know this this was kind of to be expected. And again, maybe they're right. It is kind of funny though, as the entire league kind of sank, he kind of returned to those. Yeah, levels, and so while the numbers may not jump off the page relative, they are they are elite numbers. So, yeah, Lindor back to being uh, Lindor, and then Kyle Tucker. Just looking at the homers and steals, I'd honestly think he'd be a little higher on this list than twelve. But the seventy runs scored have really dragged him down, Kyle Tucker. Yeah, and that's weird on the you know the Astros. So I mean, to well, me, they always weird. bat him like six for some reason. Well, yeah, he, he's been better. He gets 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 a bit of a higher. He's been Sorry, higher in the order yeah. parts of the season. Uh, real quick before people totally forget about Urias, sure enough, two thirty two BABIP and an eighty six percent left on base percentage. So those are you know, uh, useful for a pitcher. This will help. Yeah, I mean, you know, there he's good, but he's been lucky as well. Um, his FIP and XFIP and that in Sierra are uh, in the mid threes. So anyway, all right. But as far as Tucker goes. I'm still in. I'm still, you know, he's still in that eight neighborhood for me because of the across the board production. Yeah, it'd be nice if he just had a little bit higher slot moving forward over a full season because, yeah, he was like sixth, seventh for so long. And that's that has really held him back in the run scored category. But uh, love the homers and steals. So I'm going to be in on Tucker myself. Uh, Mookie Betts, I had some concerns about the hit, but 35 homers, 12 steals, 114 runs scored. Oh, he's been okay. He's yeah, been, uh... yeah. Made a couple. Made made a couple of plays out there in right field, huh? Yeah, he's a special player. I I'm a little iffy though on whether I'll be in or out next year because he's a guy I see being a first round pick, and I you know I love bets, but in the first round I may be uh, I may go elsewhere. I'm actually yeah. gonna start out on bets. I'm gonna so. I'm gonna be I, I, I'm kind of a wait and see. To me, I'm still in in the 13 to 18 range. So a wheel pick deciding to take him in the first or take him in the second. Uh, can we go back to Tucker real quickly? Mm-hmm. Uh, he's hitting third today. He's hitting fifth and fifth and fifth. I'm going back in the, on our site, going back in the batting order. So he has been in that meaty part of the order for September. We'll see what happens come next season though. 
Yeah, that is good to see. We do have the um, like batting order slot breakdown visual on the player pages, and it looks like yeah, against righties he's primarily hit fifth, but twenty two starts in the six hole, and then against lefties primarily has hit fifth and uh, fourteen starts in the six hole. So yeah, yeah, those are what uh, thirty six combined starts in the six hole. Just dinged his run scored a little bit. Yep. Um. Next up, so bets. Do you say in or out on bets? I am going to. I'm gonna. I'm gonna be speculatively in because I'm not sure that the I, I, that the that the that the field is going to move appreciably, and I've been in anyway. Sure, he just has gotten a few more days off than some of the other regulars there. Only 137 games to this point. I do just worry about you know, especially on that team. Maybe he. They are cautious if he gets hurt again. Maybe. Uh, Dylan Cease, number 14. Great year for Cease. And uh, 206 year. A lot of concerns about his command, but the stuff is just so good that it doesn't really matter. Although, to his credit, I think the command has taken a step forward. It has. I mean, it had to be this good. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, you can name any pitcher, and I'm going to say out at this range. But, yeah, um especially with Cease, I need to see it again. 261 BABIP, uh, it's going to be 20 points below where I would say, yeah, 280, he can make that happen. An 82% left on base range. Um, Aces can support around a 77, 78. So maybe he's at that high end of the luck, luck uh, you, know, you know, a little bit of luck going on there. But, um, you know, his expected ERAs are better than Urias's. So, I can he to me he's going to be a wheel pick next year for pitching, which is just too high for me. I don't care who you are. Now I say that, but I haven't won a lot of leagues, so I'm wondering if I need to rethink things, which is a story for another day. I do love you know banking a bunch of K's early, and yeah, I just don't see him being a first rounder. So I'm going to actually now, going to say in, assuming he gets to the second round at some league. Okay, here here's another factor. Um, where's he pitch? AL Central, right? Yeah, and there's no uh, – they're doing away with the balanced schedule next year. Right. Well, they're still going to be facing 13 times within the division. Mm. But, you know, he's going to lose at least a start against Kansas City and Detroit. Um, you know, he's going to lose three or four starts against the lower-end teams, and they could be replaced with a little bit better stuff. Point being, it's, who knows how it's going to – I mean, it's a factor. To me, it's more of a factor than a shift uh, for batters. But um, I think this division, an adjustment is going to be made in the same way um, if you are downgrading AL East starters because of the division, I think you have to look a little more favorably in their direction. Yeah, I really like that. And, um, yeah, so we, we differ on Cease a little bit at, at what we expect the cost will be, but um, – yeah, I mentioned a lot of these guys I like is like getting into the second. Well, I'm only going to have one second round pick in each league, so I'm going to have to <laughs> split hairs in the second round next year. Um, really decide who I who I want over uh, the rest of the pack. Jordan Alvarez, 15. What he's done in just 129 games is pretty amazing. I mean, uh, yeah, we know what he can do and on the field, but I do worry that the games played, like if I'm comparing him with Freeman or macho or any of those guys certainly tucker i'd rather have 
the steals. I mean, Alvarez, as good as he is, he is one of those guys who's a firm, like nothing in the steal. So I'm right. actually going to say out because I just see him being on in that top, you know, second tier elite group. And I just don't know if I could pull the trigger because of the injury history and the games played. Yeah, I need you a little bit more look. You mentioned the games played and the et cetera. Um, if, if we're only going to, if, if I don't feel that this that performance is air quote lucky, and then I can expect a repeat in 130 games, I'm not concerned about the games um, at this point. It, it comes down to the steals. Did I draft uh, Trey Turner in the first? And then can I get Alvarez on the, re, on, on the return late, late in the second? Uh, Jose, Mare, Jose Ramirez and then get Alvarez. If I have some steals in the bank, I'm in on Alvarez as my second pick. Okay. Well, yeah, it's never really like you're probably going to end up on the wrong side if you say you're out on Alvarez. But again, if, if it's 130 games he's at, well, 129 right now, I just worry about that number, like the downside of that number. Yep. Yep. Like something yep. yep. Serious with that knee crops. <clears throat> uh, Alec Manoa, number 16. I'm always going to be in on Alec Manoa. Um, At that, if you had I a mean, choice between Manoa and Cease, are you going Manoa? Oh, man. I, I mean, I want, I want a knee-jerk say Manoa, but I owe Cease the the the, um, the due diligence of really digging in. Yeah, Cease Manoa, has about 50 more strikeouts. Right, and Manoa's that. been lucky as well. I mean, I'm biased because I have Manoa on two different keeper league teams. Uh, dynasty one, you know, XFL in another league, so I'm a little biased in that regard. Um, I'll admit, he's been lucky this year. I can't expect him to repeat the ratios, unless, but I don't you think, don't you think there is another level in strikeouts? I'm not saying it's for sure, but I think there's a pathway. I think there's a pathway, and I just love the frame to be able to just, yeah, pile innings on him. I just think he's a really good pitcher. and has the uh the makeup to uh really th- yep. continue to thrive yeah you darvish is a tough one for me my initial thought here was going to be out but then i started thinking about all these other guys who are going to get pushed up and uh, i've been kind of late to come around to the old and boring approach if it you know just taking the value where it's there i love going chasing that shiny new toy but maybe darvish is a guy that'll slip uh, just because he is kind of old and boring so i'm actually going to after second thought, change my selection to in here on Darvish. Yeah, he's going to become one of the, well, I'm not going to draft an ace. I'm going to hope to get, you know, Darvish as my pseudo ace. I can I can see that. If he makes it to the third, you think he's going to make it? You think he's close enough? Yeah, to I think he slips yeah. to the third, maybe even later. I mean, yeah, probably I, not I, much later. But. I'm in, I think I'm in. You know, uh, you know, I, you know, for me, changing is drafting a pitcher in the third, not the fourth. You know, after three hitters, so uh, I may, I may, you know, he may be the guy that is my, is my, is my guy in the third round. I don't know. And so the final three here, uh, Zach Gallon. I feel like if we left the first month off here, he would be like mm. top this pitcher list. He's just been unbelievable Zach Gallon, and I want to be like oh yeah I'm going to be the Zach Gallon guy I love Zach Gallon, but I kind of wonder if this hot stretch will uh push him up to where he's a little cost prohibitive like 
Yeah. What he's done lately has been awesome, but somebody's going to extrapolate that over a full season. You know? Yeah. Is he, is he now Lucas Giolito where eh, he's a third rounder, but by the time the main event comes around, he's a wheel pick? Yeah. <laughs> I think, I think so, honestly. I mean, maybe, maybe not the same analogy, but yeah. And, and Arizona's a good place to pick, pitch. And they're, you know, that at least against right handers, their team is improving with that really nice left handed outfield. So, um, uh, you know, I mean, I'm a th- third round, I'm in on Gallon. If he makes it into the second, that's that's a little too much. Yeah, I'm actually gonna say out, I think, but uh, my initial is, thought was, I mean, I, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be in on Gallon, I'd love to get him, and I, in theory, I would, but I'm just thinking about realistically. Is probably going to get priced out. Is there still a residual injury concern? Because he's had a couple of what appeared to be serious injuries without, like, serious injury surgery. Yeah, like that injury we get in the batting cage. Yeah, I mean, he's had some – he's been out for a while, but he hasn't had the TJS or, you know, shoulder, you know, whatever. So I know he's had issues with the shoulder, but, you know, shoulder surgery, whatever. So I think this – he's not quite – out of the injury woods, he probably should be, but for me anyway, there's still that. Eh, do I give him 28 or do I give him 32 starts? The one thing I do know, as far as rankings and projections, if you if you like a 28, if you have the ratios of a 27 or 28 start guy better than a 30 or 32 start guy, the 32 start guys can be ranked higher. But I'm not so sure you shouldn't draft a 27 or 28 guy because how how sure are we that they're going to get those number of starts? Oh yeah, it's just totally made up. You know, you know? so I I, I wonder yeah. if I need to do that. You know, I spend so much time, you know, projections and rankings for other people. Maybe I need to take some time to kind of do what other people. You know, I'm, they don't people don't take my projections and and draft verbatim. They use them as a tool. Maybe I need to start doing that, you know, my own projections more as a tool and realize that, you know what, that 26 start guy with a 2.9, I probably should draft him over the 30 start guy, the 3.2, even though the other guy comes out higher in my air quote rankings. Yeah. You you have to be, uh, you have to have some fluidity there and you have to know when, to branch off from the uh, yeah, that's where sheet. that's where like the the steamer six hundred come in are nice, right? With the totally. giving everybody the same plate appearances, and I think you can do. The, I'm going to do the same with pitching. I've already kind of thought this through. I'm going to you know I'm going to do rankings of over 200 innings pitched, and it'll be part of the site. It'll be part of the uh, the Z files over the course of the off season. But I think it's going to influence um, you know some draft strategy and some approaches. Now, here's an interesting one, number 19 on the list. And I think that's because it's only counting his uh, hitting here, actually. So it's Shohei Otani. And this is interesting because daily moves leagues, he's number one. I mean, if you can capitalize on the pitching starts as well, he's honestly, he's probably number one for me. But the weekly leagues, I think I might actually say out because, and I love Shohei Otani's talent. Don't get me wrong. He's he is a unicorn actually on the field, but fantasy is supposed to be fun. And if I'm, if I got him locked into the DH spot and he's throwing a gem, striking out 12 and I don't get the bank, it, it's frustrating. <laughs> so you I know, actually think the frustration might not be worth it in a lot of cases. 
And you know, the, I think this says it all about Shohei Otani. I'm I don't I'm going to argue that he's 19th overall based on his pitching. I think oh, maybe. I just assume it's hitting because it's well, DH. I'm doing that tongue in cheek, you know, kind of. Yeah. That's that's the point. Yeah. You know, and it may be that it is based on hitting. And if you make it based on pitching, he may be 16th. Yeah. He's top 20 either way on each side. So that's the, that, that's the, that's just, the, it just the blows my mind aspect of Otani. And I'm with you. Uh, the, U, the UT only is a pain. Um, depending on league rules. I'm in a league that Perry Van Hook, our friend and colleague runs that has uh, roster moves for hitting and pitching twice a week. In that league, you can, you know, get his start and then the other half of the week, get the at-bats. I think he's, I mean, is he number one? He's pretty darn close. And by the yeah, way, if you can capitalize the way, on that, but no one's listening here, right? I'm going to tell you a secret. He's my MVP. Is he? Yeah, I wrote about he... it. I, I wrote about it for the site. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, it's a fun debate, honestly, but I, I think I'm with you. And I, I think I, I said it with Jeff, you know, a couple months ago that as great as this season has been for Judge, it's just we can't well, take what Otani's doing for granted after we've seen it, you know, yeah, two, is... two straight seasons. Well, preface it. I know we're running up against the hour, a little higher. I will, I'll preface this by saying my, you know, I think it's the best player. I think MVP is the best player. Okay. And, and I, this is what I wrote about on the site. If we're drafting a 30-team league and we're going to have it simulated and, you know, d- determine a champion or whatever, run the season as it was played out, uh, and people do this, and I have the first pick in this said draft, I'm choosing Shohei Otani. And to me, that makes him the most valuable player. Um, maybe I'm wrong. You know, maybe maybe I can you can sim a team better with someone else. But if we're drafting – you know, five starting pitchers, a closer, and then nine position players, that's 15. I'm done after pick 14. You know, I'm starting to draft my middle relievers or my reserves or whatever. I, you know, so I think that is, is just such a huge advantage. Now, you know, I didn't want to turn this into an Otani judge debate, but um, I think in, in fantasy, I'm with you. Um, unless there's specialized rules, I'm out. Yeah, unless you're in a weekly lineup league that somehow counts both sides of things. I just think in weekly formats, he he does take a hit, and the frustration can be very real. I've been there before with and him. I, and leaving, people, missing out on some of those stats is just you want to pull your hair yeah. out. And people talk about how to value him, and, you know, do you add the two? I think you value him as a hitter because I think – in the NFBC, he's probably used as a hitter 24 out of the 27 weeks, something like yeah. that, on average. So the fact that he's a pitcher is kind of is kind of gravy. So when people talk about debate and how do you put a dollar value on him, I think you just don't worry about the fact that he pitches and just value the hitting. Um, unless you're 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 gonna use him as a pitcher because that's just what you need. I, I can see. I can see saying, you know what, I don't, I don't even care. I don't want to use him at UT. I want him pitching. I don't care if it's just once a week. Uh, no one's giving me more than twenty six starts anyway. I'll take those twenty six. I don't care about the fact he's not getting two start weeks. I can see that. 
But then you're going to leave like a three, five homer, well, four you're, steal you're, game on or week on are, the bench. But you are using other players at utility. So if he hits yeah. 35 homers and steals 20 bases, you know, that you're not losing that. You're losing the difference between whatever you have there instead, which yeah. I think could be more than whatever pitcher you would be using instead of Otani. I, I mean, I, what I'm saying, I don't know that, you know, I don't know that this is the case. Uh, I mean, you have to come at the right price. I'm not paying the, the hitter price to get the pitcher, but I can see a pathway to using Otani more as a pitcher. You have to plan it into your team. Interesting. And then uh, this has been a fun conversation, but the last one uh, here, Adolis Garcia. This is it's kind of amazing what he's done. I did not was not a believer in Adolis Garcia. Uh, twenty six homers, twenty five bags. I'm going to be out just because I still don't really buy him. But uh, maybe I'm just slow to come around. Maybe I should give him more love than than I am. All right, again, a little bit of little bit of uh, spoiler alert. Uh, Eric and I talk about him tomorrow. Um, he, the reason we were all out is because he strike strikes out over thirty percent of the time, mm-hmm. and he was kind of coming. I don't say come out of nowhere, but that's just not trustworthy. Um, he's fan, and he walked five percent of the time. He's cut it down to twenty seven percent strikeout and six percent walk, so he's improved the eye, the discipline a little bit. And the rest has kind of stayed the same. So if there is not too much of a, if the market continues to be like you and not buy in, I don't, I, I, if even if I'm just like, you know, half a cent more than the market, that gets me him in some places. So I'm going to say tentatively or speculatively in, because I think you're right in that. People continue to be out. Now, the point I made with Eric tomorrow is um, it sounds so weird. The point back to the future. Uh, (laughs) He has the job, which has to mean something. Um, You know, he's done it for a couple years now. Yeah, he's got the job Um, and he does run. So I'm going to, I mean, I'm going to say speculatively in. But I'm not going to, you know, go into the draft saying, all right, so I've got Garcia in the 15th. What else do I need to do to win? I'm not going to do that. But if I'm, you know, if I'm looking at him in the in, in one I of those. Anyway, he goes that late. I'm right. not. Where did he go? I'm not sure where he went. Oh, he went this year? Well, oh, no, yeah. about next year. I mean, if you think people are now buying in, I don't know. Is he, is he outside the top 150? I'm not sure. Maybe I, I think he'll be like a. Fourth or fifth round pick. I mean, I'm out. Forget it. Forget yeah, I mean, I, maybe you're right. I just, I had a wildly different expectation as to his cost. Um, yeah, if, if, 25, if, if, if 26, 25. Yeah, if people are buying in, even with the strikeouts, I'm out. Uh, if, if, if he's top 100, I'm out. Okay. Well, this is, but has I, been you fun, know, I do man. think he's going to produce, I don't think he's going to tank, but now we're talking relative to the market, I'm going to be out. Yeah, my initial instinct was way out just because I figured after this year he's had, I'll probably go maybe fourth, fifth, a little steep, but sixth, seventh maybe, and that's just too pricey for me. I want to thank our sponsors, So Rare. Uh, 
sponsoring the pod and it's been great hosting with you all season long. We're back for one more next week. Anything else on your mind today, Tom? Uh, if, if you had to miss it and if you, if you happened to miss it and if you did, what were you doing? Uh, I talked to some guy named Ron Chandler yesterday, filling in for Jeff on the Thursday podcast. So, uh, if you, it was very casual, 45 minute chat, a couple of friends talking a little bit of baseball. Cause how much can you do, you know, uh, telling you when you're, championship in five days but it was fun it was fun catching up with ron seeing what he's up to so please go back excuse me if you haven't already done so and check out that podcast uh that i had with ron yesterday absolutely and check out todd and eric halterman tomorrow on mlb network radio if you get a chance and yeah one more next week let's finish strong guys talk to you next week on the rotowire fantasy baseball podcast sponsored by so rare